What's going on, everybody? It is Monday, October 10th, and this is the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Nick Costco, as always, to begin the week. And we're going to start out with, of course, a big recap of an interesting game on Saturday as the Illinois Fighting Illini edged out the Iowa Hawkeyes 9-6. to And now it looks like Illinois, out of all teams, might be the favorite in the Big Ten West. And help me break that down. It'll be Jeremy Werner of the Illini Inquirer, our illustrious Illinois 24-7 sports site. So, Jeremy, let's start right here, man. And this is actually very interesting because, I mean, knowing me, I did not actually think Illinois was going to be this good or even win five games this year, let alone have five games at the halfway point of the regular season. So I got to ask you first, your biggest takeaway from this win and this start for Illinois here in 2022. Their defense is elite. Uh, it's a defense that took a, a lot of big steps last year. It's a defense I think was good enough to compete for a Big Ten West title last year. You know, it kind of went under the radar because the offense didn't pull its weight, right? Illinois, one of the worst passing offenses in the country, and they lost really close games to Maryland, Purdue. That kind of kept them uh, from, from being one of the surprise teams uh, in the conference to have a winning record and to compete for the Big Ten West. Uh, but the defense has gotten even better. Their front is absolutely dominant. Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph are two of the best defensive linemen in the Big Ten. You don't think of Illinois kind of as creating those guys, but kind of what you've seen out of Wisconsin and Iowa's defensive lines, Brett Bielma, uh, is, is kind of created here at, at Illinois, uh, but they are just an aggressive, very aggressive defense with their blitz packages, and their secondary is one of the best in the country uh, at covering. So Ryan Walters, the defensive coordinator here at Illinois, I expect to be a Broyles Award candidate because right now they're top 10 in almost every statistical category. They're number one in scoring defense, number one in pass efficiency defense, I think top two in rushing defense. Um, so that, that's where it all starts. But they've also, excluding last uh, against Iowa, their offense has taken a step forward and that they have more tools in their pocket. Uh, when Tommy DeVito, their starting quarterback, is healthy. But uh, his his injury against Iowa is probably the biggest storyline moving forward because they aren't the same offense without him on the field. So before we actually transition into the offense for Illinois, you mentioned that elite defense. Now, again, it's a 9-6 victory over Iowa. We know Iowa has a, a lot of problems, to say the least, with their offense. And of course, head coach Kirk Ferentz is a is not a big fan of offensive yardage, obviously, as I know that club's been going viral over the past couple of days. But I'm interested now. I mean, does this game say more about how good or even great this Illinois defense is or just how bad Iowa's offense is? Or maybe it's a little bit of both. Yeah, I, th- I think it's always a little bit of both, but I think Illinois has shown, you know, Virginia's got a lot of talent. I know they're going through a coaching, you know, year change uh, with, with different schemes under Tony Elliott and all that, but to limit a, a Virginia offense as Brennan Armstrong, who's one of the better quarterbacks in the ACC or, or has been during his career, uh, and, and the, a team that's got several potential NFL wide receivers, they held them to three points. Illinois has not given up a touchdown in four home games. No team in college football history has done that to start a season. Um, so no matter who you're playing, whether it's Wyoming, um, you know, Virginia, you know, Iowa now, like no matter who you're playing at home, they're division one FBS opponents. So to not allow them into the end zone uh, is pretty amazing. And, you know, if they go up against Ohio State, sure, they're going to give up yards. But I do think this is a, a talented group and, and, and most importantly, a well-coached group that is put in really good positions to succeed. So you mentioned Tommy DeVito, his injury. What are are you hearing the latest on him? I mean, what's the prognosis? I mean, again, this team does have five wins now. The offense obviously does click with him under center, the Syracuse transfer, for those who forget. But, I mean, that this team might take a step back offensively if he's not in there, correct? Yeah, he had an ankle injury. Brett Bielma said he re-aggravated it, so it was something he had prior, uh, and he just limped off the field. The good news is he came out of the injury tent after about 20 minutes. I uh, was on the bike. He was moving around. He wasn't on the sideline for the second half, so I'm sure he's getting treatment 
movement uh, immediately. Brett Bielma didn't have a prognosis for how long he'd be out. Illinois got a monstrous game uh, against Minnesota. You talked about you know Big Ten West championship. I think those two teams and Purdue right now are the front runners. That's kind of the three team race. Sorry, Nebraska. I still got to see more from them against better opponents uh, to to put them in the Big Ten West race. But they need to win. Maybe not need to win that game. But if they do win that game, Illinois is kind of separating itself and putting itself in a great position to potentially win the Big Ten West. I think that'll be difficult without Tommy DeVito because Art Sikowski came in, uh, made some poor decisions, an interception near the goal line, got lucky that a fumble got called back that was returned for a touchdown because his arm uh, had just hit the ground. But it's not the same offense because Tommy DeVito has made great decisions. He's just a more dynamic playmaker. Uh, And and Illinois' passing attack with DeVito has gone from one of the worst in the country to kind of a middle-of-the-pack group. And when you put that on top of Chase Brown, the nation's leading rusher right now uh, for Illinois, it's just a it's just a very balanced attack to go along with a great defense. So uh, the good news for Illinois, if DeVito does miss Minnesota, they have an off week coming up. So that would give them a little bit of time to get DeVito back uh, for the game at Nebraska, but not sure when he'll be back. But I think his status is going to be the most important thing for Illinois in this Big Ten West race. Yeah, you mentioned Chase Brown, probably one of the more underappreciated running backs in college football right now with the way Illinois' offense operates. So looking ahead to Minnesota for next week for Illinois, I mean, again, Illinois, five wins this year, had five of all of 2021. All of a sudden, as you as we've talked about a couple of times already in, this, in our short few minutes here, this is an Illinois team that all of a sudden looks like they could go to Indianapolis because, you know, Minnesota, they're not under, they're no longer undefeated. We've, we've seen some shakiness out of them at a PJ Flex crew and, of course, Purdue up and down as well, just edging out Maryland over the weekend as well. So maybe a three-team race. Nebraska, we have no idea, obviously. Northwestern down near the bottom as well as Wisconsin. I mean, the Big Ten West is, is, is actually the wild, wild west probably at this point in the season. So is this game basically your de facto game to get to Indianapolis later this season between Illinois and Minnesota? Yeah, I, th- I think it's really important. I, I don't think if Illinois loses it, they're they're completely out of it. Uh, but with Michigan left on the schedule, that's going to be a really tough game uh, for Illinois to win. Then you got a, a bunch of toss-up games. Purdue-Illinois is going to be a fantastic matchup. I do think Illinois takes care uh, of business as long as DeVito is healthy by the Nebraska game, uh, which isn't for certain. Uh, but I think because they lost to Indiana, because they have four turnovers, three in Indiana territory, uh, if you had that win, you'd have a cushion right now. But you don't. So uh, I think this game's really important. I do think it's it's a fascinating matchup, especially if DeVito is healthy, because kind of like Purdue-Maryland, I think it's two teams looking in the mirror at each other. Minnesota has one of the top defenses in the country. I know they're number two in scoring defense. Like uh, Most of the categories, they're right behind Illinois. Mo Ibrahim is one of the best running backs in the country, just like uh, Chase Brown. And then Tanner Morgan's kind of this veteran quarterback who runs the RPO well. That's what Tommy DeVito is. Uh, two teams that pride themselves behind a good offensive line. So I really think... Yeah, yeah, uh, whoever wins this game, I don't know what the odds would be uh, analytically, but the odds would certainly go way up uh, of their chances of winning the Big Ten West. So I want to talk about Brett Bielema next, but before we do that, let's step aside and take a quick break. Keep it locked here. This is the College Football Daily right here on 24-7 Sports. So, Jeremy, I mean, I'm very curious about Brett Bielman right now because he came to Illinois last year, gets this team to 5-7. and seven. They were on the cusp of a bowl game last year. Now they're one game away from eligibility this year, but now they're thinking more than, than just the postseason, of course, thinking about Indianapolis and possibly a Big Ten championship game against the 
loaded Big Ten East. But Brett Bielma, I mean, again, we, we, we saw this at Wisconsin back when he was in the Big Ten before, before he went over to Arkansas. But he seems to have reinvented himself a little bit here at Illinois over his season plus. I mean, what's been his impact on this program over not even just two seasons yet? Uh, it's monstrous. Illinois, uh, its long history has been struggling to get this coach thing right. Every coach they've had since 1991 uh, has been fired. Um, so that, that tells you, like, the last guy to move on to a better job was John Makovic when he left Illinois for Texas. Uh, and that was more than 30 years ago now. So they've tried different things. You know, Ron Turner was a, a, an NFL coach who was good offensively, but he couldn't recruit. So they went to Ron Zook, who could recruit, uh, but really struggled the X's and O's department. Tim Beckman was an absolute disaster coming over from Toledo and uh, they got into you know so much trouble with an abuse scandal here. And then Lovey Smith was brought in for, for credibility reasons and he certainly gave Illinois that, but he just really struggled to to adjust to the college game. What they have in Brett Bielema uh, is, is a college CEO uh, who can hire really good people. He has hired, I think, one of the better staffs in the Big Ten. And even when he made a mistake with one of his hires in, in his offense coordinator last year, he made a quick change and Barry Loney has come in here. And I know Barry didn't have the strongest game with Iowa, but the fact that Barry Loney has come in here and ignited the Illinois offense, you know, Ryan Walters, defense coordinator, is a future head coach at the FBS level, maybe the Power Five level. Uh, they think they have a couple guys in waiting that could be Power Five head coaches. Uh, but Bielma has brought a great recruiting staff. Um, they recruit really well, and I think the winning will only help them do that. But th- this is a hungry coach, and Brett Bielma continues to say, Illinois is getting the best me. Uh, because Wisconsin, a lot of people thought he was kind of riding the coattails of, of Barry Alvarez and what he built there. He thought he could go do it on his own, win national championships at the SEC. Uh, I think you know he'd say he was pretty cocky uh, when he was doing that, and uh, obviously didn't work out for him at Arkansas. But for three years, he was in the NFL with Bill Belichick, and he was going around to all these different you know college programs, scouting and and kind of creating this book of what he would do the next chance he gets an opportunity. I think Brett Bielema knows this is his legacy building opportunity. It's been a great fit for for Illinois because he's from Illinois. Uh, He's putting his heart into this job. And and you're seeing he's a really good coach um, who's surrounding himself with really good people. He's incredibly organized. Um, So what Bielema is right now is different than what he was at Wisconsin. It's different than it was at Arkansas. But I do think Illinois is getting the best version of him. And right now, I guess we're we're, what, 12 games in uh, to his Big Ten tenure here at Illinois? He's 6-6. Six and six. For Illinois, that's a big deal. Uh, they're outscoring their Big Ten opponents since he's been here, and they're starting to look like what Iowa looks like, his alma mater, what Wisconsin looks like, where he used to coach. And they're starting to beat those teams, which hasn't happened in a long time. They haven't won at Wisconsin in 20 years. They did that. Uh, they haven't beat Iowa since 2008. They did that. They won at Penn State last year when they were ranked. They won at uh, Minnesota when Minnesota was ranked last year. So this has been, it's been quicker than everyone imagined, but this isn't unsustainable. You know, Lovey Smith, when he got to a bowl game, was was based on a lot of takeaways that felt like it was a little unsustainable. Illinois winning in the trenches. Illinois making good decisions for the most part. They're, they're winning with dominant defense, running the ball, and passing it efficiently. So it was an interesting conversation, right? Because you mentioned how Brett Bielma is hungry. And obviously, you know, he maybe, so so to speak, rode the coattails of Wisconsin, then obviously flopped a bit over at Arkansas. But again, as we mentioned, he's re- rebuilt himself, reinvented himself as a coach, and he's doing everything right now here at Illinois. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to sound the alarms, of course, for the of the Illini fan base, but we see these jobs opening up. The coaching carousel has only gotten crazier over the past couple of years. Even Wisconsin just opened up the other week, and it's within the same division. I'm not saying he would go back there, but... Would something like that tempt Brett Bielmore or maybe another one of these jobs? Would that tempt him to leave Illinois again? A Big Ten job, don't get me wrong. 
but would he be tempted to leave at this point based on his success so far? Yeah, I, I don't think the Wisconsin thing would happen. I'm pretty sure they want Jim Leonard uh, to, to be the guy. And I think um, you know Lance Leipold would make a lot of sense there if they do want to go somewhere else. But I think it's a fair question because Illinois has been down for so long. But I, I think one thing we got to realize, or at least people outside the Illinois program, is you know Brett's done that before. He went to greener pastures and tried to go to the bigger job, and it didn't work for him at Arkansas. Uh, and I think he knows what he's building here. But most importantly, um, you know, the Illinois fan base is still buying in, right? They, they had a crowd of 44,000, which is the best crowd they've had in six years, but still they're in a 60,000 stadium. Right. So you want to see that sell. You want to see that support. But the support that's been unwavering is his athletic director, Josh Whitman, who's an Illinois alum, former Illinois football player, young guy. It's actually younger than Brett Bielema, but he has poured resources into this program. They have a new $80 million facility that's just a couple years old. They have really poured money into the staff. Ryan Walters is the first seven figure uh, coordinator in Illinois history. And I'd imagine he's going to get a raise. And I imagine Brett Bielema is going to get a hefty raise after this year because he potentially could be Big Ten coach of the year. Um, so Josh Whitman has put a lot of money into getting to this point and having this opportunity. I imagine he will continue that. And that's one of the reasons Brett Bielema left Wisconsin. He didn't feel like uh, he was getting enough support from his administration. That is certainly not the case at Illinois. So I think all of those things, certainly if, if a big job opens up, you know, Illinois is a smaller fish than a lot of people, but so many people have called this job a sleeping giant for so long because of where it's situated, because of the opportunity. As long as the Big Ten West is a thing, uh, Illinois has an opportunity in, in that division. Uh, and I think Brett Bielema, what he's doing right now is showing that hey, Illinois can, Illinois can be pretty good. You know, Minnesota has found success. Purdue has found success in the Big Ten. Maybe not top 20 national success, but being the next Iowa, being the next Wisconsin uh, isn't outside the realm of possibility. And if he does that here, Nick, he will have a statue, right? Like you go elsewhere, they're going to want you to win in two years and, and maybe you're not the guy. Like if Illinois gets to bowl games consistently, has some good years of nine plus wins every once in a while, Brett Bielma will be what Hayden Fry was to Iowa, what Kirk Ferentz is to Iowa. So I, I think all of that's pretty appealing, especially when you have the support uh, of your AD that you do. Be beloved in Champaign, Illinois. That sounds pretty good. Jeremy, we're with me on the College Football Daily. One more for you, and I'm because I'm sticking with the Brett Bielma point here. I mean, if he does stay, which it does seem very likely based on what you're saying, of course, and if he does get that hefty raise, say he gets the Big Ten Coach of the Year, this team wins between eight, eight, nine, maybe even ten games. Who knows how how good this team could be here in 2022? So. I'm looking ahead now, 2023 and beyond. You mentioned how this job could be a sleeping giant. It seems like Brett Bielma is awaking said giant. What is the future projection for this team based on what you've seen through the first six games of 2022? Yeah, I think a lot of it depends on how they build off of this year, right? They're creating a lot of excitement. Uh, I think they have a great sell in the transfer portal. Uh, Illinois is one of the programs that has embraced NIL. Uh, their basketball program is doing really well uh, because of NIL and in, in, in getting some transfers here. But I, I do think quarterback is going to be very important. It's a position that has been down for the program for a long time. But we've seen Tommy DeVito have success with Barry Loney. So can they parlay that into the next transfer quarterback because DeVito uh, is likely gone after this season. Uh, the defensive line has been awesome, but that means those guys are probably going to move on. Keith Randolph and Johnny Newton could be NFL draft picks next year. Can they find the depth to replace those guys? Uh, they've been very good at evaluating. They've been very good at developing, uh, but now they have to get their high school kids in here and get the most out of them. In Illinois, you know, the first two recruiting classes for Brett Bielma, I think have been solid, uh, but they've been struggling to get those four-star level prospects that can, you know, make an immediate impact and, and compete uh, with the top teams in the Big Ten West. So I think that's the most important 
thing next. I mean, they can sell the offensive line. They can sell the running backs. I think DBs want to play in, in this aggressive system, but now can you parlay that success more on the recruiting trail? That, that's really what they're trying to do. And that's why this momentum is so big for the program to, to follow up a win against Wisconsin with a win at Iowa, things you haven't done. They had more than 200 recruits on campus for that Iowa win last night. And even so, even if it was a you know, gritty win, uh, it's a win. And it's something Illinois hasn't done in a long time. So they've been selling what they're going to do. Now they're doing it in year two, which is pretty impressive. So it seems like it's working out. I'm definitely eating my preseason words as we speak. So Jeremy Warner with me on the College Football Day. Where can everybody find you and your work on social media and online? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at jwarner247. Go to lanainquire.com. Best Illinois coverage around. Get it right here on 247sports.com. And that'll do it for us. You've been listening to the College Football Daily on 24-7 Sports. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to give this episode, of course, a nice share and send it out to Jeremy. Check out his stuff on IlliniInquire.com. I'm Nick Costco. Follow me on Twitter, of course, at NickCosco59. And follow 24-7 Sports on social media as well. Once again, this has been the College Football Daily right here on 24-7 Sports.